Hello and welcome to the Biotalent podcast series. You're joined with myself, Lucy Neal, and my colleague and recruitment consultant, Michelle Mendez. This series focuses on life sciences, interviewing world-renowned experts, thinkers, and specialist speakers on a diverse range of topics. Topics will cover a variety of elements to do with life sciences, including medical, clinical, regulatory, R&D, quality, and tech ops. In this episode, we're joined by Baris Ertizer, Director of Digital Therapeutics at Novartis. Over to you, Lichelle. Thank you, Lucy. Hello, bonjour, guten tag. It's Lichelle Mendez, your host, coming to you with my exciting new podcast that will delve deeper into the dynamic world of digital and data. I will be speaking with those mavericks who dare dream the impossibility and make the impossible come true. Today, we have the honor to be speaking with a true genius in the field of digital therapeutics, which are a new genre of digital care that's revolutionizing patient support. Barris, Director of Digital Product Development at Novartis, is highly passionate about evidence-based therapeutic interventions driven by exceptionally high-quality software programs to manage and treat medical disorders. So welcome, Barris. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we get started into the exciting discussion that we're going to be having in the world of digital therapeutics, I'd like to ask you an interesting fact about yourself. Could you tell us? Yeah. Hi, Rochelle. Yeah. Thanks uh, for inviting me for this uh, discussion. Uh, interesting fact about myself, though, I would like to share maybe uh, uh, the source of my energy how I'm uh, uh, really approaching my private and pro- uh, professional life. Uh, I have a few words here that describe me well, which is uh, keep moving, keep learning, keep doing, keep winning. And to give you an example of why moving is uh, important for me is uh, I like to discover new things and I like to uh, look around. And uh, in my life, I, I lived in six different countries, including France, Canada, Belgium, and uh, Switzerland today, yeah. Wow, that is an impressive list of com- countries indeed. So, so you're an engineer. Tell me, how does an engineer like yourself see the world? If I take only my engineering approach to see the world, I will describe the world as a very complex system. Uh, it is difficult to understand it from outside, but if we break down it into subsystems, then it, it's become more manageable. And uh, a world is really a good, let's say, playground for engineers to really observe what's happening and uh, trying to create models based on what they they can see. And all these models will help us to understand our environment and then uh, help us to maybe uh, be creative to propose solutions. Amazing. Yes, you do see the world as a complex set of systems, right? (laughs) Yes, Amazing. I know that you previously worked as a software engineer within the telecoms industry. Tell us about your scientific journey. To start my journey, I would like to talk about when I was really young. Before knowing that it was about technology, I was always interested by uh, understanding how my toys were built. And uh, to understand uh, this part, I was always breaking them apart to see inside. So I think my journey started really when I was young and I was always uh, curious about uh, what are in the different toys I was having. And later I worked uh, as a software developer in different industry like telecommunication, but as well automotive, smart cards, printers, e-commerce. 
And uh, I can summarize this journey as a journey full of uh, new problems to solve and trying always to find a solution using software components. And these soft com software components are not, of course, uh, independent, but they are integrated in different devices, different products interacting with the rest. And uh, I believe software engineering is now embedded in everything we have as a product. Excellent. You know, you're, of course, an engineer, you're a software engineer. I wanted to know, why did you pick software engineering particularly? The software engineering uh, is really, uh, let's say, from outside, it's magic because we are typing some encrypted language like we call code, and this code will go through some processing, and then we will have, uh, let's say, a device that is behaving as we want. So we can really program, we can really tell to the device or application or different things to behave the want we want. It's like uh, bringing some intelligence in inside a, a, a hardware. A hardware for me without a software is having some good properties, but the software is maybe bringing the, the brain or the intelligence. Yeah. yeah, that's a fascinating way to see it. It is indeed like a brain and especially now with deep learning as well, you can see the neural networks being built uh, to mimic the brain in a way, yes. isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. You're working at Novartis, Barris, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world and a pioneer in digital health. Tell us about the groundbreaking work that you're doing at Novartis to change lives across the world. Yes, in fact, Novartis has, in the company strategy, the ambition to become the leading medicine company powered by data science and uh, digital technologies. So it's really coming from the management, and there are hundreds of initiatives based on this uh, strategy. And myself, personally, I'm more focusing on how to develop digital solutions like diagnostic or treatment application, and uh, uh, trying to bring all these uh, software capabilities uh, to, to, to create new solutions. And uh, this is possible with good internal and external collaboration with the right partners. Yeah. Amazing. And I know you've been part of uh, some very exciting collaborations in the past as well. What can you tell us about digital therapeutics and how do they solve human problems? The way we can describe digital therapy is really the capability to treat a patient without the need to have drugs administrated to the patient. And uh, uh, all the journey of the patient uh, getting this digital therapy can be managed with uh, a platform. And this platform can have different features, functions to diagnose the patient condition and deliver the treatment. And when we talk about uh, uh, the values that can be brought, so it is all about the, the platform itself and the therapy. So uh, the therapy, as I said, we don't need to take drug and manage the side effects of a drug, a chemical drug, for example. This is one of the value. The second value is uh, around the accessibility. So we can really uh, having this solution uh, available globally and through internet and being accessible to a really wide uh, target population. And there is no heavy manufacturing and heavy supply chain cost. So this makes the product more uh, um, affordable as well. And the third option, the, the third function that uh, I would like to explain here is the remote monitoring capabilities. We know that it is always difficult to go uh, to the hospital to meet the doctor and even more in our condition since one year. And this uh, digital therapy is really bringing a value 
in terms of uh, keeping the connection between the healthcare professional and the patient in a remote manner. Uh, and one domain of uh, medical domain that really get benefit of this digital therapeutics is uh, the vision care and working in this domain currently. And we can treat the patient with applications uh, to improve their vision uh, uh, condition. Yeah. Amazing. What other applications do you foresee within the field of digital therapeutics? Yeah, it's a really good question. If we consider the future, uh, digital therapeutics will be more and more available, I believe, as the one I described, uh, that we can really deliver a solution for the patient. But the way we are building these uh, platforms where we will have this function, uh, I believe uh, in the time it will become more and more uh, uh, not only digital therapy, but a proactive and predictive systems where we will be able to uh, bring value to the users even before they have the disease and they are in a, a difficult health condition. Uh, this sounds like science, science fiction today, but in the future, this will be possible. So the future of digital therapy is not anymore therapy, but it is having digital solution that uh, proactively uh, brings uh, values to the users and predicting their condition. Yeah. Fantastic. So that is to enhance the health of a patient throughout their life, lifetime, looking at their genetic conditions and their predispositions, such as epigenetics, for example. Yes, exactly. There are already ongoing projects to understand all the, uh, uh, let's say, the human and having a digital twin. Uh, what we call a digital twin is to have a model into a, a digital system about all the characteristic of a human and uh, more this model is uh, improved more we can uh, as i said predict the patient conditions yeah. fascinating and how would you say engineering can be used to solve some of these biggest challenges that we experience and face in the healthcare industry yeah so this is a mix of uh, understanding the patient condition better as i said we uh, more we understand the patient condition in terms of software engineering, more the model will be complete. And if the quality of the data we gather about uh, o o about the patient or about the population, it will improve the model. So this is the first layer. And then uh, once we have this model uh, at a good level, the technology will help us to have a smart delivery of the solution. So it will help us to reduce the cost. It will help us uh, to have the accessibility to a wider group of population. So the, the engineering should be seen as an end-to-end -end tool to, uh, uh, to go through all these challenges. In the healthcare, uh, currently, there are multiple challenges of accessibility, of cost, and having a good understanding of the patient condition. And I believe engineering can bring this. What technologies in healthcare, besides your work, are you excited about the most? Yeah, uh, I believe what we call cloud and IoT uh, summarize well uh, what technology can help us in healthcare. So the, we, we are familiar with the cloud when we use our smartphone or we are accessing to some data, but this kind of technology is really important as well in the healthcare industry, I believe. And the cloud connected to the IoT, IoT, which means we have connected devices that are really close to the patient. We are able to have this mix of connectivity to the user, access to physiological data of the patient, processing power of these data centers, and all, all of this together will really uh, improve the uh, digital healthcare solutions and uh, 
provide more value. Sir. Excellent. Yes, indeed. Cloud is is a super power and network to enable us to create uh, faster machines and faster diagnosis and because it just has so much power to hold that much data, right? Exactly. Yeah, the amount of data and the quality of the data is really key here. More we know, as I said, from the users is important, but the quality of the data, that's why the IoT aspect that is really close to the user. We cannot collect data just with interviews or surveys. We need to really uh, measure some physiological data of the patient that really uh, increase the quality of the data. Yeah. And this is where digital therapeutics and wearable technology comes into play, I suppose. Exactly. All this uh, terminology used for wearable devices is uh, describing the uh, proximity we need. So we need to get the data at the source. And uh, if we can wear some devices that will really measure the patient, uh, let's say different uh, parameters, this will be a better uh, information than asking a question, for example, which will be uh, interpretation of a condition and not uh, the real data. Yeah. What advice would you give to leaders in the healthcare industry, Barris, who are scouting new technology? Yeah, so... Uh, as, as I said at the beginning, we are in a really complex world and uh, uh, one team, one company cannot be uh, knowing uh, all the different components that we need to build a digital uh, solution. And this is where the partnership is important. And the, when we are looking for a partner, we should first look at the expertise uh, of this partner in their own domain. For example, if they have expertise in software engineering, they should be really uh, uh, bringing this uh, to the partnership. But as we are in a highly uh, regulated and constrained industry, uh, we need to check as well their willingness to adapt their way of working to our constraint in healthcare industry, such as regulation, compliance, and quality controls. I think the, the, the good partnership is all about expertise in one domain to work with us, but as well, willingness to change their way of working as healthcare industry is special. Yeah. Very interesting. And I suppose pharmaceutical companies will also need to possess the right people to be able to distinguish between the right partnership and the wrong partnership, right? So that leads me on to my next question is, what would future employees need to possess to join the digital health industry? It should be a mix of technical background. So uh, when we are uh, talking about a product and we are talking about a system or a platform, uh, we need to understand uh, the different layers, not being expert in each layer, but to understand how they interact with each other. So the technical background is a key element for me here. The, the, the digital aspect of uh, of the question is really related to the technology. But uh, in addition to this technical background, we need people with strong analytical uh, approach because as the human is one of the most complex system we are having when we are analyzing the, uh, the problem or we are analyzing the uh, uh, environment where we want to propose a solution, we are in a really complex uh, environment. And uh, the last one, which is more uh, maybe a soft skill, is uh, the, the person should have a, a, a user-focused approach. 
We are not uh, designing products because they are nice. We are trying to really help people in their uh, disease condition. And uh, the, the people we need in the industry is really user-focused approach, uh, willing to help people. Yeah. Excellent. So an excellent technical understanding, analytical mindset, and a user-focused mindset as well. Yes, exactly. And within technical, you mentioned technical, what specifics would you be able to share with us today? The technology is wide. Software engineering uh, is quite wide as well. And uh, what is good in the, what I said in the cloud and IoT is we need people from different backgrounds. We can have this embedded industry where we are having software that is going into device and we distribute this device to the users. But we have as well a, a server or cloud-based solution where we need people understanding this uh, architecture of how to store data, how to handle data, how to process data. So uh, I, I think any kind of software engineering background is useful uh, today in digital health industry. Fantastic. What are some of the hurdles in acquiring and developing next generation of digital therapeutics? So the main hurdle is due to the uh, industry itself, uh, which is regulation. The regulation exists for good reason because uh, the, the quality of the product we deliver should go through a, a lot of controls because we have the safety of the patient and we need to ensure that what we are delivering is having a proven efficacy. So we are not uh, just claiming that the product works, but we need evidence that it works. So this requires many steps during the development, and uh, this makes the development slower as well. So we cannot have short cycles of development and delivering the product. We need to go all these uh, phases. And so it's difficult to be agile and fast. Uh, this is a main, let's say, uh, hurdles I, I will describe, but uh, we, we can always be creative and find solution without being... Uh, uh, taking shortcuts, but uh, it's always possible to, to be creative on the way of working as well. Absolutely. So creative mindset is uh, one of the prerequisites, you would say. Yes. So the, the creativity in terms of way of working, the creativity in terms of product, and, and the creativity in terms of uh, uh, presenting things. Uh, so the, the products are having different nature. We, we don't have any more drugs with chemical uh, properties we are having different properties and uh, the, the creativity around how to present things how to imagine things and how to develop things is important yes i believe excellent well that's been a, a very very interesting discussion indeed uh, and just before we wind up i'd like to ask you some uh, some some interesting questions about yourself um have you had any role models or inspirations throughout your career barris uh, yes, I would, I would like to cite someone uh, that lived a long time ago. So he was not really a, a person working in software industry, but it is still very inspiring for me. He's uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, I really like, really like his approach in different domain, the way he's observing things, the way he's analyzing things about uh, his direct environment. And then... Uh, he's having a really uh, creative approach to propose solution, to try different things uh, and continue to try on the same idea until it works. 
So I, I think this can be applied to any engineering approach even today. Amazing. Yes, indeed. He was a pioneer and well ahead of his time and game. And even today inspires so many people. Amazing role model. Yes. Um, what would you say uh, or what career advice would you give yourself uh, if you are your younger self? Yes, if I talk to myself, let's say 20 years ago, I would probably tell to myself, don't hesitate to try to develop your crazy ideas. Uh, because I know now by experience that what looks impossible is possible only to the one that really try and believe it, they can do it. And maybe time to time, I was having this influence from maybe external or internal, some virtual obstacles that may, maybe didn't stop me to, to try things. And I will probably tell myself, just try and uh, it's, it's better things to do. Yes, obstacles and hurdles are just an opportunity for us to maybe view the problem in a different angle, right? Yes. And by trying, we are going in the details of these obstacles and we can find a solution to avoid these obstacles and trying again and again until it works. And that's why I really like Da Vinci. And we can see in his drawing that he tried so much uh, different idea before it works. Yes, and that's, that's where you need your creativity and also your, uh, your resilience and not having to give up easily. Exactly. Yeah, the resilience is really a key element uh, uh, I will tell to myself uh, to have, uh, but it's really uh, visible in the uh, in our current industry as well. The, the, the teams or the uh, companies that is really successful, um, they are really strong in this aspect. Excellent. Thanks so much, Barris, for an inspiring discussion on how the digital revolution is shaping the pharmaceutical industry. And thanks, Michelle, for a super insightful podcast interview. So Biotalent Social is part of Biotalent. We are a life sciences recruitment consultancy based in London, Switzerland and the US, Boston. If you'd like to discuss all things life sciences recruitment related, visit our website on www.biotalent.com. We passionately believe that a diverse and inclusive workforce drives innovation, improves performance, enables creativity and has the ability to transform the world. Together, we can create a people-friendly planet and promote equality. But for now, stay safe and we'll see you soon.